Second Chronicles chapter 12, and we just lift out verses 9 and 10. So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took all. He carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made, instead of which King Rehoboam made shields of brass and committed them into the hands of the chief of a guard that kept the entrance of the king's house. Will you flick over to the New Testament then, to the book of Romans, please? Just one verse. Romans chapter 15, please. Just let your eye run down to verse 4. Paul tells us, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Let us pray. Father, as we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, as we come in his name and his righteousness, we come and ask you, Father, this evening for the anointing of your blessed Holy Spirit to be upon us in this meeting. Lord, we need your anointing for the preaching of the word. And we need your anointing on my lips. And that, Lord, which I would have to say of myself, will you remove it and and deafen the people's ears toward it. We pray, Lord, but that which is from you, for our learning, for our admonition, for our warning. We pray, O God, in the worthy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, Lord, that you would have my lips speak it, and that you would have your people listen and hear. Lord, maybe one has come in unsaved, not knowing the Lord Jesus as their Saviour. We pray, O God, tonight that even they will hear the words of the Lord and the voice of the Holy Ghost. And may they hear and listen and understand and come to a saving knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. So shut us in this this evening. Settle us in our seats. Settle us in our hearts. And settle us in our minds. Lord, that we would receive this word with gladness. And, O God, that we would be encouraged, that we would be challenged, and that we would be directed and led by Thee. We ask it, as always, in the name of our Lord Jesus and for His glory. Amen. When we look at our nation this evening, that is the United Kingdom. We can talk about Ireland too if you want, but the United Kingdom... Uh, we must ask the question, how did our nation get into this mess? And how can we get out of it? How did the United Kingdom become such a godless nation? How did the United Kingdom, we think of it with the whole Brexit debates and things like that are going on at the moment, but it's bigger than that. It's more than that. It's greater than that. I want to say from the outset that when I say Brexit, or I mean the voting on Brexit, the state of the government. 
When I say that, I'm not saying against European people, but the system of Europe that the European people are under, that we are also being enslaved with. It's the system, please understand that, not the people, or any peoples. I was driving up the road just last week, during the week, and I was coming around just the, the road coming in towards Guildford. And the bin men were coming to collect the bins. And for our American people who follow us, the garbage men, for the garbage cans. And there was a bin sitting outside, right on, almost on the road, at a house on the main road. And it was, you know, we have really two, maybe three bins. Blue, brown, Green, that's it. Shows you what, what I remember. There was a brown bin out. Brown for your grass. Thank you, Lloyd. <laughs> your leaves, your grass, and all that sort of stuff. There was a brown bin out. I'm driving down the road. Actually, Alison was beside me. I never mentioned it to her. I'm driving down the road. There was this brown bin, and up the side of it was written blue. Blew up the side of a brown bin. Now it doesn't matter what they call it, it's still a brown bin. What they're saying is, we're using this brown bin for a blue bin. So whether the bin man lifted that bin or not, I don't know. But it said blue on a brown bin. And as I was driving up, dropped in me like that. You see, that's the state of many hearts of people. That's the state of many people in our nation. And that's the state of our government. Because what they have done, they're trying to pretend that, something that, 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 that the nation is something that it is not. And they're trying to pretend that the nation is something that is something that it is not. But also they're trying to pretend that our nation is okay when it's not. In other words, it's like the brown bin, whether they like to paint blue on it or not, our nation is in a terrible state, it's in a terrible condition, and it's in a terrible way. I was just talking to someone just here this evening before the meeting started, and 100% right. There was an old preacher who used to say that Ulster, Northern Ireland, was uh, the last bastion of the gospel in Europe. In Europe. Now, there's plenty of other Christians across Europe, don't get me wrong, but the last bastion where the gospel was well known and taught and preached across Europe. And that's true. But unfortunately, little so-called evangelical Ulster now is starting to go the same way as our mother across the water in Great Britain. So how did our nation get into this mess and how can we get out of it? There's men and women who think they're okay before God. And you're not okay. It doesn't matter how much you write blue on the brown. It doesn't matter how much you say you're okay by the way you are. It doesn't matter how much you think you're okay it is what it is. And so when I was driving past that house with that bin sitting outside waiting to be collected, this started to formulate in my mind. In the scripture that we had read in Second Chronicles chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, was in my head. So I went home and I read it. And I read it. And I'd done nothing for two days till I set to write it. And as I started to write it, the Lord gave me something I didn't even really see before. Why our nation is in the state it is in? Why Great Britain, Scotland and Wales and England 
why now Northern Ireland with the United Kingdom is in a dire state that it is in with the things that are going on and why our parliament and why our government is in the state that it is in. We're going to look at it this evening. But I want to give you a little bit of background in Second Chronicles chapter 12 here, first of all, because this is important to what happened in our story and relative to what is happening in our nation tonight. Israel is separated into two kingdoms. In 1 Kings chapter 10, you'll read Solomon had many strange wives, strange women, non-Israelite women. They brought their gods. We'll look at it, God willing, in a moment. And they brought their gods in, turned the heart, changed the mind of Solomon to worship Yahweh, the one true living God in Israel. And what it did was he started to divide his loyalties among other gods. God said that he would uh, judge Solomon, but not because of, because of David, Solomon's father's sake, the psalmist, the king of Israel. He says, I'll not be in your day, but Solomon, I'm going to judge you on your son, Rehoboam is his son's name. So Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. Solomon is the son of David, the king of Israel. And all of them become kings, one after the other. 1 Kings 10, 1 Kings 11, we see there's a young man who is an understudy, if I can call him that, a servant of Solomon. And Solomon raises him up. His name is Jeroboam. And Jeroboam one day is out walking. And he's a new coat on him, as it were, a new garment. And there's a prophet called Ahijah comes to him and rips off his garment or his coat. And he rips it into 12 pieces and he takes 10. You read about it in 1 Kings chapter 11. And he takes 10 of the 12 pieces and gives it onto uh, Jeroboam. And he says, these 10 pieces are going to be a kingdom that the Lord will give unto thee. He's going to rend the kingdom of Israel into a peace for each tribe, 10 tribes. And the 10 tribes move north whenever the kingdom is rent. So, so Jeroboam has 10 pieces representing 10 tribes. And it makes up one kingdom in northern Israel. Two were left over for Rehoboam, Solomon's son. And so whenever this happens, Jeroboam, he's afraid of Solomon. He runs into Egypt. And when he runs into Egypt, he waits till Solomon dies. He comes out, he comes to Solomon's son. And he says, now take it easy with the taxes. So Jeroboam says to Solomon's son, Rehoboam, take it easy on the taxes with the people. But Rehoboam goes to the older men with the wisdom and they say, take it easy on the people. But rather than he goes to the younger men, more fiery in heart and spirit, and they say, make it even heavier on them. Make things worse on them. And so Rehoboam, this young upstart of a king in Judah, sitting in Jerusalem, comes out. He says, I'm going to, I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to make things worse for you. Going to tax you heavier than my father ever did And so Jeroboam says to thy tents, O Israel, and they go out, and the ten pieces of prophecy comes to pass. You read about it in 1 Kings chapter 11, get into chapter 12. So the northern kingdom of Israel have a capital city, Samaria. They have a false king comes out of there. We read of Ahab and Jezebel in the northern kingdom. Every single king from 
the northern kingdom and the ten tribe northern kingdom of Israel were wicked before God, led the people wicked before God, and so God judged them and carried them away captive by Shal, uh, Shalmaneser. And Sennacherib and others came down over the years and carried them all away. They never returned again as a nation. 120 years later, the southern kingdom of Judah is carried away. And that's when we read of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego in Babylon. That's when Ezekiel is by the river Kibar. So in our reading, we're right in between this when the nation has split. The nation has split. Rehoboam is the king in Jerusalem. And Shishak is the king of Egypt, who is coming up from the south toward the southern borders of what would be Judea or Canaan land. Now notice what it says in verse 9 of our reading. It says, So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. Comes up from the south to the north. Look at Second Chronicles 12 and verse 15. And it says, Now the acts of Rehoboam, first and last, are they not written in the book of Shemaiah the prophet and of Ido the seer concerning genealogies? Notice what it says here. And there was wars between Rehoboam and Jeroboam continually. So Jeroboam is the king now in the north in the ten tribe northern kingdom. Rehoboam, Solomon's son, is in Jerusalem in the two-tribe southern kingdom with some of Levi, the priestly tribe, are there. They're warring against each other. In fact, 1 Kings chapter 16 is the first mention of the name Jews, J-E-W-S, and the Jews are fighting Israel. Strange that you haven't, you'd never thought of that before, did you? You thought the Jews were all Israel. The Bible doesn't tell you that. The Jews are fighting Israel. 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 6, I think, offhand. And the northern kingdom has got Syria to come down to fight with their brethren. And now Shishak from the south is coming up. And he's invading Jerusalem. Now notice what it says here. It says, Shishak, king of Egypt came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. Mark that. And the treasures of the king's house. Mark that. And he took all. He took all. He carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made. Now, whenever we think of this, why Shishak get involved in all of this? Well, there's demonic spirits at work in all of this. We'll look at it in a second. But in 1 Kings chapter 11, when these nations are set, before these nation, the nation of Israel, the 12 tribes separate, when that young man, Jeroboam, who had his garment rent, runs down for fear of Solomon into Egypt. See, Solomon thinks, if I kill Jeroboam, this prophecy won't come to pass. And when he goes down in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 40, 1 Kings 11 and verse 40, it says this, Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam. And Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt, notice, unto Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. So who did this young man now in the, the north, who did he make an alliance with? The king of Egypt. And when he came up, 
The king of Egypt was the one that he ran to instead with. That's why Shishak starts to move north now. Because he sees an opening. He sees there's an opening where he could actually take land, where he could actually take the city of Jerusalem. In 2 Chronicles 12 and 9, he took away all, we're told, took, all, took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. Notice, he took all. Then it says, he carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made. I'm giving, bringing you here to a point to say all of this. That's where we are in our story here. And so the shields of gold were all around the house. In fact, in 1 Kings chapter 10, don't look at it, but write it down because we haven't time to go through it all. <clears throat> Excuse me. 1 Kings chapter 10, uh, verses 16 and 17 talks about Solomon making these targets or shields. There were 200 large shields covered in gold, sitting around the wall, just like those banners would be coming around the wall. There were 300 smaller shields then around the walls too. And this was to show that God, and gold usually speaks of deity. That God was on Israel's side. Speaks that God was blessing. This was the heritage of the Lord. Speaks of all of these things. And here, God was a man of war who was with them. God had blessed them as a nation. Of course, Shishak takes them all. In 2015, there was a, a statisticians done a, 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 a summary of what these shields alone would have cost. And they reckon these shields would have cost no less, probably far more, but no less, this was in 2015, than $33 million in shields alone. $33 million in shields alone. Notice the enemy, Shishak, robbed the treasures of the house of the Lord. Secondly, robs the king's house. And thirdly, he takes the shields of gold which Solomon had made. That's what made me think when I seen that brown bin saying blue written on it. Because Rehoboam, Solomon's son, from whom he took those shields, whom Shishak took the shields, he gets brass shields or bronze ones. And he polishes them up well and sticks them around the walls. And he says, if nobody goes in, nobody will know any difference. You see, it's not what he thought it was. And people look at it from a, a distance and think, well, it's not that bad. But you can't replace gold for bronze. And bronze or gold, one or the other. There's many people like that in their faith, you know. There's many people like that in their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know. They're pretending their walk is gold. But they've fallen out of love with him and it's nothing but bronze. Polished up to make it look like something it isn't. The enemy robbed God's people off their religion. They robbed them off their heritage. And so they robbed them off their blessing. Notice their religion, their heritage, their blessing. An old Puritan called Thomas Manton. And this is what he said about the devil. He says, till we sin, Satan is a parasite. In other words, he's, who is he? 
Notice, till we sin, Satan is a parasite, but once we are in the devil's hands, he turns tyrant. And you see, when Britain was going on with God, when churches were filled, they may not all have been saved, but nevertheless they were paying reverence to God. When Britain was going on, as it were, with God, when the word of God was proclaimed from every pulpit, and when the word of God was preached on the corners of every street almost, when the word of God was in schools and colleges, when the word of God was in the very government buildings, the Lord blessed. We could say we had, as it were, Great Britain, shields of gold. But now we have polished brass, pretending we're something we're not. And the devil has turned a tyrant. And it's escalating and getting quicker, that which the devil is doing among and his demonic forces. We're going to look at it among our nation, among our children. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, the Lord Jesus says, The thief for the devil cometh not for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To steal, to kill, to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life, they may have it more abundantly. But notice the devil comes to steal. Secondly, to kill. And thirdly, to destroy. And Israel finds that out, and we are finding that out. He stole stole the treasures and the shields. He killed by their attacks on the people. Many died in this attack from Shishak and other enemies. And eventually Israel, the kingdom of Israel in the north, and Judah, the kingdom of Judah in the south, were destroyed by the carrying away of the enemy into enemy territory. But it also goes personal. If you're not saved, the enemy wants to steal from you. Steals your joy, steals your health, steals your happiness. Steals your well-being, but he'll steal your soul. He'll steal your soul. To kill was from that old serpent in the garden whispering in the, the woman Eve's ear. Thou shalt not surely die if ye eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, he's a liar from the beginning and he's a father of lies, Jesus said. And so he tells people lies to keep them Away from the Lord. He's telling people lies tonight. You don't need to be saved. You're all right the way you are. No one of the biggest lies he tells people. You're all right as you are. You have plenty of time. Leave it till the next meeting. Leave it till tomorrow. And he comes to destroy. He destroys families. He destroys marriages. He destroys homes. He destroys lives. Vavasor Powell once said, Satan doth not like God warn before he strikes. Satan doth not like God warn before he strikes. You see, Satan didn't warn he was going to strike. And he won't warn you that he's going to strike either. But rather, God warns us that there is a devil, there is a demonic influence, and he warns us what is happening not only in the nation, not only among the church, but not only in society, but he tells us in our own very homes and lives that the devil won't warn before he strikes. But the Lord says, come to me and I'll be your protection. I'll be your savior. I'll be the one who saves you. Notice here, God warned the enemy would strike. 
And God warned them to get close to him. First Peter 5 and 9. Listen to what Peter says. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to devour every single person. He pretends he's your friend. And he comes in the disguise of men and of women who have sold themselves over or from a depraved heart know no better and he comes to devour you. To devour your mind and your thinking. To pervert you. To blind you. That you'll die without Christ. And be in eternity without Christ. So you may ask me tonight, well why or what has Shishak coming to Jerusalem got to do with us in the year 2019 in the United Kingdom? It's got everything to do. Because the wiles of the devil and what he has done is for our learning as we read from Paul in Romans 15 and verse 4. That we would learn and we would know. Now you see, brothers and sisters and friends, whenever I see for example, the G20s, and I see the NATOs, and I see the European Unions, and I see those things. You know what I see? I see nothing but Illuminati. New World Orders, One World Government. I see nothing but uh, demonic influences and demonic forces bringing us into the battle of Armageddon or the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And even though I'm not saying every one of them that sit there are even sold over to the devil, nor am I saying they're personification of the devil, but out of a depraved heart, they think just even carnally and the devil will use it. Just like he'll use your heart and mine if we allow him. Just like he'll use your heart and he'll guide your heart if you allow him. Revelation 16, please. Verses 13 and 14, just to prove the point of these Elite, elitists and uh, globalist bankers and so on. John writes, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. The dragon, Marxist socialists, atheistic communists. And they're everywhere in your society today. They're in the lobby groups that we're hearing all the time. Driven by the lobbyist groups. They're being funded by the George Soros and men like him. The Rothschilds and the Bilderbergers. Notice this in verse 14. Pardon me, that's the dragon, the beast. The European Union, all the false economy of the world. The false religions of the world. There's a woman rides the beast. It's the Church of Rome. It's not only just the Church of Rome, but it's all our hearted daughters that are the Protestant apostate churches. Happy to ride along with your opa. And of course, there's the false prophet, Muhammad of Islam. Verse 14 says, for they are, and the Bible says this, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth. Notice, 
and of the whole world. Why? To gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Every time I hear there's going to be another summit, I just hear of an Illuminati gathering. More puppets on the end of an Illuminati strings. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12, listen to what the Apostle Paul tells us. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Men and women, even in those organizations, they need saved. They need to hear the gospel. They need to realize for the Spirit to quicken them, to waken them up, to come to saving faith in Christ. Listen, there's even those who profess Christ as their Savior. And they still want to be part of it. In Ulster. Hello? In Ulster. So-called, blood-washed, born-again Christians, and they say they want to be part of it. Wherefore, come ye out from among them, and be ye separate. The Lord says that. The Lord said that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The word wrestle here is the word pale. And it gives the idea of a Greek wrestlers wrestling one trying to throw the other down. Then they pin them down. Then they gouge out their eyes. Blinding them forever without sight. And Paul is saying, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The word is we're not trying to get men and women because they're human beings. We don't hate people. This is not about hurting any person. This is not about hating any person or stirring people up to hate. We should love people, but at the same time, we have to be real because a, a brown bin isn't a blue one. No matter what you write on it. No matter what you put on it. Notice this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's what's behind the flesh and blood. Against principalities. See the word principality there? It's the word arche. Arche. And it simply means the first ones. For example, the beginning would be, in Scripture, would be arche. It's used for that too. The first ones. The preeminent ones of the world. The preeminent leaders, in other words. We're wrestling against the preeminent ones who have sold themselves or allowed themselves to be taken over by another spirit. In their depraved hearts. That is, depraved means in their unregenerate being. Their inability to save themselves, to understand that they need saved even, which we were all in, by the way. In their depraved hearts, the devil and his demonic spirit forces are using these people. They're being allowed to move in these people. And notice principalities means first ones or preeminent leaders against principalities, against powers. And the word powers is exousia, meaning authorities. So we have these first ones, preeminent leaders and authorities. And Paul says it's the spirit behind them that we are wrestling against. You see, whenever I look and I see these things, and I trust you do as a believer, and you've said under my teaching for some of us for two years or less on others, and some for ten years or more. And I hope you see with your eyes open that the Lord opens your eyes to see there's a spirit world. 
And men and women are led by that Spirit or either by the Holy Spirit. And the word powers, exousia, means authorities. But listen to what the BLB or the Blue Letter Bible said about it. It means demonic forces in the lower atmosphere. Demonic forces. Pardon me, that was Kenneth Wu said that. Demonic forces in the lower atmosphere or the prince of the power of the air as the Lord Jesus says he's called. Against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this word. The word rulers there is the word cosmocrator. Rulers of darkness, cosmocrator. And it simply means world rulers in darkness, world rulers of darkness. And there'll be world rulers who spend eternity in darkness. That's who we're wrestling against. The BLB this time, the Blue Dotter Bible says it means the devil and his demons. Look it up and see. We are wrestling against spiritual wickedness in high places. The word here for high really means in the heavens around us. And the word here for spiritual wickedness is the word pernicious. So spiritual wickedness in high places means spirit forces of perniciousness in heavenly places. That doesn't mean God's heaven where the abode of the angels are. It means where we are. And we are wrestling against this upon men and upon women and upon our young people and upon our children as they watch their television programs and it programs their little minds. And we watch the television adverse that talks about two mommies and two daddies and our children get messed up and don't know what's truth. Notice this. The per- Spirit forces of perniciousness. The word pernicious, listen to what it means. You ready? I took this from the Greek text. Pernicious means having a harmful effect or influence. Spirit forces are having a harmful effect and influence on our families. It means especially those that come in in a gradual and subtle way. A little bit at a time. Make it acceptable. Another step, another little bit of time. Make it acceptable. And another little step and make it acceptable again. Listen, it means damaging spirits, destructive spirits, injurious spirits, detrimental spirits, dangerous, unhealthy, unfearable, bad, evil, malignant, poisonous, cancerous, ruinous, Deadly, lethal, fatal spirits. That's what it means. Someone goes for tests and they have maybe a, a tumor or they go to test for cancer. The last thing you want to hear is malignant. It's malignant. It's a pernicious malignancy. It means that it's creeping across. And it's moving, spreading. Such what Paul tells us we are wrestling about with. So let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 9, please. That's my introduction. It's all right, I have a mission to go to and not be long. Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 9. So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures 
of the house of the Lord. Notice, took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. So how did our nation get into this mess? Okay, church, here's what I believe according to what the scripture says. Shishak representing the devil, demonic forces. Shishak comes in, first of all, to the house of the Lord. If Shishak can come in and take the treasures away from the house of the Lord, the next is the house of the king or the house of the government, which affects the house of the nation. That's what the Lord was showing me in this. Now notice this. Notice this. Shishak came and took the treasures of the house of the Lord. If the devil can take away or steal the treasures of faith, then he's all ready for the next step. Notice the treasures of the house of the Lord are treasures of the preaching of repentance from sin. We'll take that away from them. If we take the repentance and they're sinners. You know, if we tell them that they're sinners, they'll rebel against us. Take it away. Take it away from them. And once you take the present, that, that, that preaching away, that people are sinners in need of a savior and Jesus is the only savior, you're taking away the very building block of the gospel. So they come into the church and people stop preaching about repentance from sin. Do your best and change your life. Something like that. They take the treasures away from the preaching of the blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus which paid our debt. And the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ which cleanseth from all sin. And if we take away the preaching of the blood. If there's no bloody gospel. Then there's no blood wise saints. The treasure away from preaching from the book. Take the book out and sure, give it a thousand translations until they're messed up and in confusion. And when the preacher reads from the book, nobody else knows what he's reading and preaching from. That's what's happening in the church. Nobody understands the word anymore because there's so many thousands of translations. No one gets it anymore. Take away the treasures of right living and holiness before the Lord and separation from the world. Take it away and say, live how you like. Do what you want. And Shishak comes in and he says, if I can take away the faithfulness to God's house, then their houses will be turned into cinemas. And their houses will be turned into restaurants. And listen, their houses will be turned into mosques. Take away salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the scriptures alone, giving glory to God alone. If I can take that away, if I can take that away and place their eyes on themselves or on something or someone else, then we are well on our way to destroy and taking the treasures of the house of the Lord to destroy it all. Now that's what Shishak has done. The Catholic charismatic renewal came in in the 60s. We're Pentecostal now, let's worship together, but we'll worship here and we'll believe in the gifts of the Spirit. New Pentecostals who stood for reformed faith and, and, and the blood of Christ alone, you, you all stand there and we'll all worship together and there's only one God and we're all going the same way. 
So what happened was we had the ecumenical movement of the, in the Pentecostal charismatic churches, which became now known as the emergent church. The emergent church is everyone getting together. Sounds nice, doesn't it? But sure, it's just the same system that's drawn us back in again to that which we were brought out from. Listen, in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. The church as we know it now, there's a church in the wilderness when they worship the Lord in the Old Testament. But the church, the body of Christ as we know it, was birthed in Acts chapter 2. So it was formed. The apostolic church was formed. And then through time, after Constantine allegedly became a Christian and he mingled the... uh, the paganism of pagan Rome uh, with this new Christianity that he had so-called turned to, what came out of that was a little horn, as Daniel speaks of, which was the papal Rome came out later of that. And then so it was formed, then it became deformed then. And then whenever the reformers came, it became reformed. They tried to go back to the original status, although they didn't manage to get all the way and they weren't perfect either. And so then comes a long time to the time we're living in and now we are conform to this world. Shishak come in to the house of the Lord and stole the treasures of the Lord. Do you know what we need to do, church? I know people say we need a new reformation. I understand what they mean and I even agree in a sense with that. We don't need a reformation. There's been a reformation. We have our eyes open. We have the scriptures. We have the Holy Ghost. No, we need Transformation. By the renewing of your mind, which is in Christ Jesus. It's transformation we need now. Notice, Shishak, the king of Egypt, came in. and came up against Jerusalem and took all the treasures of the house of the Lord. You see, it's no longer sin, but little mistakes now. Don't want to offend anyone, you know. It's no longer the blood. You see, you preach the blood. It's too rude. It's too crude. It's too gory. Don't preach the blood. It's not needed anymore. Now listen, and listen clear. See, while I'm here, I'm a bloody preacher, and we're going to preach the blood. We will preach the blood of Christ, and the blood of Christ alone for the forgiveness and the cleansing of our sin. Don't preach the blood anymore. We can get through sermons. There's people don't even, can't even, there's some people that get up to preach and don't even mention Christ anymore. I can't see a line without Christ in it. I can't see a verse without Christ in it. Notice, the Bible is old. It's outdated. It's antiquated. Just bring a thought a little story. Talk about a highlight of your life and your holidays and, you know, uh, be lighthearted and, and try and put some humor and be funny with it all. Love like the world. Tell them, you, you see, if you live like them, they'll understand you better. Is that right? If I live like them, I'd be in their sin. The Lord saved me from that life. The Lord saved me from that world. The Lord took me from it. And he's filled me with his spirit. And he's washed me in his blood. And he's clothed me in his righteousness. I'm not going back to it again. Notice, as we go on, 
The world will understand you and you'll get them and they'll get you. Live for yourself and find yourself. Be happy in yourself. Now, I don't want anybody to be sad. Don't get me wrong. But the Bible doesn't tell you to seek out yourself. It says to seek the Lord for one. And it doesn't tell you to be happy in yourself and to live for yourself, to be God of your own life. It says lay down your life for Christ. Take up your cross and follow him. That's the word tells you. And the, and the shy shackers come into the church and now they're saying that this move of the Holy Spirit in the, the new apostolic reformation or come. We don't need a new apostolic reformation, as I said. Making a fool out of people. People wiggling along the floor like snakes. Now, I'm a Pentecostal and I, I don't make no bones about that. Barking like dogs and quacking like ducks and rolling around the floor squealing like a banshee. Shy has come into the house. Kundalini spirit has went through many church assemblies. And it's even rife in our in little old Ulster tonight. Well, listen, brothers and sisters, I'm going to say it again, and you can mark my words on this. There will not be no Kundalini spirit coming into this church. I'm a Pentecostal and I want the Holy Ghost. But we'll have the Holy Ghost when he decides he wants to come in. Well, Lord, we're open for you. It's he is the Lord, not us. Live for yourselves. All roads lead up the same mountain to God. Let's get together and worship. Shishak has entered the church. I could go on and on about that, but he's taken away the treasures from the house of the Lord. Now, secondly, he then goes, it says in Second Chronicles 12 and verse 9, he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. In other words, from the government. From the government right down to the family. You see, now I have the, the church in my hand. The old saying is, as goes the church, so goes the nation. As goes the church, so goes the nation. I was thinking about that, but here's what I had written. The nation or the government should be the physical guard for the church. And the church should be the spiritual guide for the nation. And both have failed each other. And so once Shishak came in and took the treasures of the house of the Lord and he robbed us of all of those wonderful things that God has given us, then once he took that, there was no spiritual guide for the nation. So laws are then passed on godliness. Abortion laws were passed and the mass slaughter of little babies, murdering them in their mother's womb. Now coming to the point where it's abortions on demand and all of these things are just sitting on the doorsteps of little Northern Ireland. Shishak has went from the church and a few mention against it, a lot in the church are either one, afraid to say against it, two, afraid to stand up against it, or three, they're against you for it. Will we stand for the baby here? We stand for the unborn here. And we'll continue to do so. All life is precious. We continue to hold on to that. We have the what they call equal marriage. Listen, they take away in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. We can take away God out of the creates the heaven and the earth and we can put it into schools and colleges and universities. We put it into textbooks and if we can take it and put it into all those things that children watch and read and listen to that there was a big bang as it were or there was some sort of evolutionary theory. If we can do that and program their minds, well, Shishak is coming in 
They come in through the government from the church. Church failed in spiritual moral values. And so because they're done, the government now has failed in moral values because the church wasn't there for spiritual guidance. And now we're finding that the the nation or the government that's meant to protect as a physical uh, uh, guard to the church is now turning on the church and the Christians are being arrested in the streets of Great Britain for preaching the word of God. Can you imagine that? Would you ever have thought that? Christians are being arrested for simply reading the King James Bible, not even preaching it. Two men just a year or two ago were brought and fined for standing reading this. And by the way, see the King James Bible? This is a legal document. You're allowed to read it on the streets of our nation. It's a legal document. By order of Her Majesty the Queen. Shishak has come in through the government. The lobbyist groups have torn the heart out of our government because of no spiritual guide anymore from the church. So there's no, there, there, there's no physical guard for the church. Now we are the ones that good is evil and evil is good and everyone else is allowed to get above us in order to bring us down. Can you see it? How did our nation get itself into a mess like this? I better hurry up because time's almost gone and I've only a Two-thirds through this. Notice this. Shishak, it says, took all. Shishak took all. You see, when I read, read that, he took from the church, took the treasures. See, by the time he gets in the government, I've got the church. I'll just take everything now. And so these uh, Brusselites... <laughs> What about Jean-Claude Junker, the drunkard? Drunkard Junker. Leading us, telling us what to do. What about him saying, you aren't going to get a third chance. I've given you two. Who does he think he is? Who does he think he is? Who does he think he is? You turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Here's a picture of what is happening in our land tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 28, please. I'll get a drink while you're looking that up. Verse 12 says, Notice what the Lord said to Israel. The Lord has blessed us. We had shields of gold, even in our name, Great Britain. Shields of gold, as it were, because the Lord had been with us. In battle and wars and everything, God protected us. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. Shishak stayed in treasures, but see if we obey the Lord, he's got a greater treasure for us. The Lord shall open unto thee his great treasure in heaven to give thee rain in thy land in due season and to bless all the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Now you listen, they're talking about, oh, if Britain comes away without a, with a no deal, good. Because I tell you, God's going to pour out a blessing if we just turned it onto him. So see all the nations, they'll come and borrow from you. Let us read on. 
And the Lord shall make thee the head. He did that. He did that and we have turned away from him. The Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only. One of our great heights of the empire and then the commonwealth. And thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them, and thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left hand to go after other gods and to serve them. And when I look at our nation now, and it's like the the drunkards of Ephraim, as the Lord uh, called Israel. Nation of drunkards, a nation of addicts. Because of the state of our land, because there seems to be no hope for people. Stabbings in the street of London, nearly daily, young people losing their lives. Let's just read a little bit more. But it shall come to pass, if I wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, what I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overcome thee. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. All the stabbings going on. All the crime that's in our cities. Cursed shalt thou be in the field, and cursed shalt thou be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body. Will you turn with me just down to verse 43 for time's sake? Now notice this. You tell me if this is not our land tonight. The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high. And thou shalt come down very low. Is that not Britain tonight? Is that not what's happening tonight? Why? Because we've turned away from the word of the Lord. We've turned away from the gospel. We've turned away from all that the Lord had commanded us. Solomon's sin and his son Rehoboam's bad decisions by going to the young men and not listening to put heavier taxes on split the nation. And how many sins now is Britain being uh, judged for and paid, having to pay? How many bad decisions has happened because of our government? How many bad decisions has happened because of the government laws that have passed? And now even between Scotland and the Irish Republicans that want to break up this united kingdom. They want to break up our country. Brothers and sisters, as the church, we need to turn to the Lord and to cry unto the Lord that he might forgive our nation. The Lord said to Abraham, if I find five righteous, I will not destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now surely if we are righteous in Christ, there's more than five in this meeting alone. Let us pray that our nation will turn back onto the Lord. Let us pray that our people will once again reverence him. Let me just finish with this for five minutes and we'll shut. Second Chronicles 12, please. 
And it says, And he took all and carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made, instead of which Rehoboam made shields of brass. So Rehoboam takes the gold, after the gold is gone, takes brass and pretends they're something that they're not. The shields of gold were a sign of greatness. It was a witness of God's blessing, of God's power. The shields of gold uh, were God with Israel. And our nation had many shields of gold, as it were, where we had great armies and we had uh, great naval forces and Britannia ruled the waves at one time. Shields of gold all over of the greatness of the glory of God. Psalm 91 used to be read over the troops as they went into war and into battle. They all carried the word of God in the first world war and the battle. Our shields of gold are being taken away now. They've taken our golden kingdom and turned it into a bronze one, pretending it's still great. What's the answer? Let me read these scriptures out and ask me finish. Second Chronicles 9 and verse 12. It says, And when he humbled himself, the wrath of the Lord turned from him, that he would not destroy him altogether, and also in Judah things went well. Wouldn't it be great if Her Majesty the Queen called a national day of prayer? Just like our father did in the Second World War. Grandfather in the First World War. And great national miracles happened at the battles there. God turned the tide when the enemy was at the gates. First Samuel 7 and 3 says, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts and serve him only, he will deliver you. We all know it well, Second Chronicles 7 and verse 14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You see, friend, Proverbs 14 and 34 tells us, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I believe God is still on the throne tonight. I believe he is still the sovereign Lord over all the earth. And I believe if we turn to him, church, don't let Shishak take away our heritage. Don't let Shishak take away the precious things of God. And don't let the devil in. Don't let Shishak tell you to put brass up where there should be gold. Because God has a blessing for all of us if we turn to him in Jesus' name. And if you're not saved tonight, you're under that wrath. You're led by the devil even if you're the nicest person. Your heart is depraved and it is a field open for the sowing of God's word or it's a field open for the sowing of the devil's lies. You must turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in him with all your heart. And he will forgive you of your sin. Just as we close, I've brought some cards in. You'll see here, Isaiah 9 and 16 is on this one here. Why don't you take one, give it to someone, give it to people. They're all, there's a pile of them down in the back. I have more at home if we need more. And this is what it says, for the leaders of this people... Cause them to err. 
and they that are led of them are destroyed. That's what's happening to us tonight. Then we have the four flags of the United Kingdom of Second Chronicles 7 of 14, if my people shall call by my name, written on the back. Why don't you take them? And if they all go, they all go. I'd love them all to go. And if an oil pile is big, if we need any more, give them to someone. Give them to Christians. Give them to someone. Say, we need you to pray for our land. We need you to pray for our nation and to bring it forth before Almighty God. God bless us all. Thank you for your attention tonight.